0: anything that you're going to spend money on throughout your lifetime, if you're not implementing the process of becoming your own banker and you're not participating in that, then what you're doing is you are permanently transferring all that money away from your household, from your business, and the transfer is permanent. Every dollar that you earn that flows through the books of someone else's bank, so for everybody who's W2, T4, business owner, you're storing money in someone else's bank. And then when you need to access it, You spend it to take care of all of your financial obligations, whatever they may be, but you can't use that money ever again. It's gone. And where does it end up? Right back in the banking system. And so someone else today is profiting over the use and liquidity, over the motion of your money. And what R. Nelson Nash, the late R. Nelson Nash, the developer, the founder, the pioneer of this process, he said all the time someone has to perform the banking function in your life, and it should be you.
1: This is the Better Wealth Podcast with Caleb Williams. Hey guys you are in for a total treat today uh, with one of my dear friends Jason Lowe Jason's like the number one guy in Canada that does like infinite banking it does some of these financial strategies that I talk about in the book and what we do in the states and so we met at a conference he like totally like just impressed me with not only his passion but his just knowledge and what they're doing uh, for their clients We connected actually through Greg through Greg's diagnosis and being Canadian wanting to tell his family that uh, couldn't implement the strategy in the states. So we got connected and then we just found like man our passions, our whys, our businesses are so aligned. And so I I refer all of my clients that are that live in Canada to Jason and, and Jason really is kind of partnered with us. And so number one, I'm super grateful that this that this guy's in my life. Um, but but number two, like you'll see he is just packed, filled with like knowledge and wisdom. And I, I know his story pretty well and asked him some pretty tough questions. And so uh, I look forward to hearing your guys' thoughts. Another big ask, is I'm trying to get this podcast out to more people. And one of the things that really helps, obviously if you share it with people, that that means the total world to me, Um, but getting written reviews, and we're right now at like 40. We're like at 40 reviews. I would love to get over 100. So I don't know when you're gonna be listening to this. Maybe you'll go and we're, we're over 100 and that's gonna be awesome. But like, if you haven't reviewed the podcast, it would mean the total world to me if you went and subscribed and and reviewed because that helps um, our podcast get out um, to more and more people. So I really appreciate you. Without further ado, here's Jason Lowe. Jason, welcome so much to the show. Good to be with you. Thanks for having me. Now, to give a little bit of context, I met you over three years ago at the Infinite Banking uh, Think Tank in Birmingham, Alabama. And, and just to give give people kind of like to paint them the picture, I'm like this young kid you know, in this room of a lot of older people. I'll just say that. Yep. And and I'll, say, I'll I'll tell you this, I have a lot of energy and you make me look like low energy. <laughs> So much, so much energy. And so I remember like introducing myself to you yeah. and you're like, you know, you're from Canada, you're changing the world. I heard you speak and I'm like blown away. And I, man, I'm just so grateful that I'm like now doing business with you. <laughs> um, I send so many people that are fall in love with the and asset and our message yeah. and that live in Canada. Like you're my man and you have a book that you've written. We're going to do some amazing things in the future. And I'm just so excited that you're on the show.
0: Thank you again for having me. I'm super excited as well. I'll never forget that day because... Uh, at that event, after the talk, you know, everybody was about 10 feet off the ground because we, you know, we bring it. We have a <laughs> lot of fun. We get everybody energized. It was great. And you approached me and, and said, Hey, you know, I think that you're someone that I can relate with and would love to establish a relationship with. And we stayed in touch and uh, it's blossomed into this amazing strategic partnership. And it's been a perfect fit. Um, you, our values are aligned. Uh, The way that we want to serve and bring this message to the marketplace to to transform and change people's lives, households and businesses uh, nationwide, it's already at a grassroots level uh, taking effect and having an impact. And so what we are going to do in the future is uh, going to be absolutely incredible. So for your listeners, um, they're in for a real treat because we are going to bring the value in a big way,
1: <laughs> I love it, man. I love it. Okay, so for the people that don't know you, yeah. like Jason Lowe, who you know, <laughs> give give the backstory. Okay, what's like you're you're from Canada? Um, there's there's things called providences,
0: you know, but like what what's your backstory, man? Well, let me share with you. So I was born and raised in Timmins, Ontario, and Timmins is a small mining and forestry community. Which is uh, for those of you who may be aware of the lay of the land in Canada. Uh, one of the largest city centers in Canada is Toronto, Ontario. And Timmins is about seven and a half hours north of Toronto. It's a small community, 45,000 people. I was born and raised there. Wonderful place to grow up. And for people who don't know where Timmins is, most everyone on the planet has heard of Shania Twain, country music sensation, one of the highest selling uh, you know, female country artists of, of our time. And so her real name's Eileen. She was born and raised in Timmins as well. Growing up in that community... Uh, I really didn't have any money mentors. I had nobody to teach me not only how to keep money, but how to multiply it. My family, uh, my mom and dad, who uh, sadly are both no longer with us, but they always argued about money. When I was growing up, that was really the theme. Uh, It was not uncommon for arguments to occur literally daily about money. I went through that period uh, in my life when I was a toddler in the early 1980s, when inflation skyrocketed and interest rates peaked at 21 and percent. And so my parents struggled uh, paying for the mortgage, taking care of my sister and I. That drove a, a deeper wedge in, in their relationship. They separated. Um, we lost everything. Um, honest to goodness, as sure as you and I are talking, uh, that is something that's etched permanently up here. And it's a real painful memory to, to go through that as a family and they separated. I uh, ended up getting recruited by uh, a very large office supply retailer right out of college. I had the opportunity to move to where I live now, which is in Western Canada in uh, Edmonton, Alberta. And I had an opportunity to come out west. I went on this big tour of the Rocky Mountains and Jasper and Lake Louise. And if you've never been there, the pictures don't do it any justice. That's a part of the world that I would encourage everybody to go see. And I wanted to, to live there. So I made the trek out west and uh, continued my career. I spent eight years there. And then I was recruited by Dell and I became a senior partner uh, with Dell. So I was in a completely different world, Caleb. But along the way, I was being mentored and I was coachable. And so I was learning from people who were, who were achieving success that I desired. And success leaves clues. Mm-hmm. And so whenever somebody would pour into me and, and mentor me, I would listen, I would take it to heart, I would implement it, and I would, true to form, I would seek out more coaching. People hate to be managed, but they love to be coached. Right. And so I was receptive to that. And then I, um, I'll i tell you, after spending a few years on an international work assignment in the United States, uh, my wife, Rebecca, and I, we lived and worked uh, just south of Tampa Bay in Riverview, Florida. And we met a lot of great people, including a lot of successful entrepreneurs. And so when we moved back to Canada, one of those gentlemen that I met with and developed a great relationship with, he reached out to me and he said, Jason, we're going to this conference. It's this mm. big conference. Mm. Now, he ran a, a, a loan origination business. And he said, listen, you got to come to this conference. We're going to learn about becoming your own banker.
1: And what year was this?
0: This was July of 2008.
1: Okay. Wow. July of 2008.
0: Yeah. And, and I, my first question was, what on earth are you talking about? So we go to this conference and there were two Canadians there. I was one of them and the rest of the 300 plus attendees were all American. So we're listening to this and I'm thinking I have no earthly idea what these people are talking about, but I'm going to trust, but verify. So it came back to Canada, met with every life insurance company that would meet who had participating dividend paying whole life contracts. We went through the whole list of due diligence of, Is this true? Is this accurate? Can we do this? Uh, you know, look at everything we captured, tell us what's, what's incorrect about it. Everything checked out. We began to implement it personally in our lives. Then we began to introduce it to clients fast forward 11 plus years later. And we, uh, so we do a number of things as you know, Caleb, so we educate the general public uh, through live events. We meet with people just like you and I are doing right now. We have 500 plus people a year that come through our events. Uh, I've been on the Chorus Radio Network in Canada for the past eight years, and so I speak on the airwaves, and people come out to events, they reach out to us, we connect, we meet, we educate, we make sure we've got clarity, then we implement the process, and we coach and mentor our clients to achieve success. And there's so much more to my story, but respecting our time with the listeners, they're probably like, oh my God, this guy talks at 500 miles an hour. But (laughs) I just, I love this process because it completely transformed everything in, in my life, my clients' lives, and led me to relationships with people like you. When my parents passed away, I was angry. It tested my faith to the core Caleb. I was I was uh, cursing uh, God, I was uh, furious because I didn't understand how to process the pain and the grief. And the moment, the moment that that changed for me when I completely changed my perspective, I really accepted, uh, you know, my my Lord and Savior. I accepted that. I turned things around, and most people that I meet with, right. more often than not, day in and day out, are believers. That's not that's not a coincidence. It really isn't. And so it led me to all of these amazing relationships, the core of which being where we congregate at the Think Tank Symposium every year, the week after Super Bowl to honor Nelson Nash, the process of becoming your own banker, the infinite banking concept, all of the relationships that I've developed there, yours included, have been life changing for me and for everyone that I come into contact with.
1: Isn't that good? I, it's so good. It's so good. <laughs> so we're going to we're going to unpack a couple of things, but before we go into like the infinite banking concept, your relationship with Nelson Nash I want, I know you have a really touching kind of story as it relates to like writing a letter to your dad and like that, that really touched me when you shared that and um,
0: I'm hoping you can kind of unpack that because I think there's a lot of lessons to be learned. Absolutely. And thank you sincerely for asking me that because every time I get to share the story, it honors uh, the memory of my parents. And um, I'll tell you that when I first moved out West, I'll never forget. So my father, he worked the same career. Uh, for 35 years. He had a participating whole life policy, but he was ill-advised. When he retired, he was advised to sell the policy back to the insurance company, something that you can still do to this day. He surrendered it in exchange for the money, the cash value. And almost a year to the day later, he passed away. And I'll never forget when I I moved out West, he promised, he asked me to promise me, uh, him, that I would call him and connect with him. I didn't do that. And about three weeks into my new career and getting things up and running, I phoned home and my stepmom, Beverly, answered the phone and I said, hey, can I talk to dad? And she said, well, he's he's in the restroom right now. Do you want to wait? And I said, no, you know, no worries. Uh, just let him know I'm here. I'm safe. I'm busy. I apologize for not calling. I'll talk to him as soon as I can. And uh, the very next morning, I got a phone call from my stepmom, Beverly, that my father passed away suddenly and unexpectedly. Uh, that morning. And um, I did what most gentlemen would do. And I don't mean to generalize this with, with all of the gentlemen listeners, uh, your your audience, but I took the pain and the grief and I, I stored it away. I thought that I could just forget about it. And unfortunately, that's not the first time that that occurred. That was one of the most difficult phone calls I've ever received. And I had to phone my sister. And that was one of the most difficult phone calls I've ever had to make. A few short years later, we lost our mom suddenly and unexpectedly, and I tried to do the same thing. I tried to store that, that anger and that pain and that grief and not address it and deal with it. One day, my wife, Rebecca, said to me, she said, Jason, you need to go and speak to somebody. And I went to see a grief counselor, and one of the things that he shared with me is he, he said, Jason, I have an exercise for you to complete. I want you to sit down, and I want you to write a letter to your mom and to your dad, and I want you to share everything that you would have said to them if you knew that it was the last time you would speak to them. So I took a few weeks and I let it sit. You know, I let it ruminate and I, I wrote the letters. I called my grief counselor. I said, I'm done. And he said, not yet. You need to invite your family to the next grief counseling session and you need to read these letters to your family. And so I did that and it, uh, it really was like an emotional uh, tsunami. And my grief counselor, at the end of the exercise, he leaned into me. He was seated right next to me. He leaned over. I had gone through probably about thirteen boxes of Kleenex because I was weeping, literally weeping. And my family's around me. They have their hands on my back and comforting me, and just saying, you know, just go ahead, just you know, let it let it happen. And my grief counselor leaned into me and he said, "How how are you holding up?" And I said, uh, "I feel." drained emotionally. And he said, here's the teaching moment. Let yourself feel it. When you are experiencing the grief, the sadness, let yourself feel it. Don't store it away. Don't try and ignore it. Don't try and compress it. Just let yourself feel it. And so now, anytime that that occurs, I I let myself feel it. It just happens. And that was one of the best experiences of my life. And the reason I share it, and I respect you for asking me, is because For all your listeners, there are people out there right now who love you and care for you. I would ask each one of your listeners if they could honor you and me, Caleb, after this podcast, pause it, get on your phone, make that phone call, send that text message, Facebook Live, whatever method you want to do, reach out to somebody that you haven't connected with in a while. That person's already in your mind. Tell them that you love them and care for them and you miss them. And, and show some gratitude and appreciation, the first thing they're going to ask you is, is everything okay? <laughs> right? Because it's it's like, who does that? We get we get so busy in our lives that we forget to do that. I would give anything to have responded to my stepmom and say, yes, I'll hold on yeah. and I'll wait for my dad to get on yeah. the phone. I would have given any anything had I known that that would have been the last time that I would have been speaking to him. And so... Do that. Don't delay it because nobody knows what tomorrow will bring. Nobody knows what that next intersection will bring when you're on your way home, your commute home. Take that time, reach out to someone you care about. Tell them you love them and care for them. Don't delay.
1: One of the things that I did about a year ago, and it sound it sounds terrible, but I actually made like a video and I sent it to my grandparents. And I said, I this is what I'm gonna say at your funeral, by the way. And I just want you to like see this because you've had just the most just incredible tremendous impact in my life and like like i told my grandpa like when people ask me like who do you look up to i can honestly say like i want to be like him the impact that he's had on people's lives and like the it's it's funny because it it meant the world to them but like i think we're the number one winners when you show
0: gratitude Uh, I couldn't agree more.
1: And so, yeah, I 100% anyone that's listening, like you, you already know who you need to talk to. And uh, thank you, Jason, for sharing that. Oh, you're welcome. Thank you for asking. One of the things that brought us together again was a dear friend, Greg. And, um, and Greg was one of my first clients. He's his interviews on, on here. And uh, he, I mean, became a client and then got diagnosed with, uh with cancer which eventually took his life yeah. and in that process he was Canadian and he believed so much in this process that we're gonna un- unpack soon the the infant banking process of becoming your own banker like he believed so much in this that he we actually did a boot camp together in uh Regina, uh Canada or, yeah Canada and and I was like it was just super super emotional like being a part of that and like I know that there's some of his family that like decided to become clients and all that. And it's it's just super, super powerful. And I just like your thoughts on just that relationship because you've had the pleasure of knowing Greg a little bit. And it was just a really special time.
0: I just knew that uh, the right thing to do was to lean in and do everything I could to help. Uh, right. It felt right. Um, it was an immediate, absolutely, let's make this happen. Because Greg put... Uh, the interests and the well-being of others before himself. And he cared so much for his family. And that just came across when we had that call. And Greg said, hey, I'd love to share this with my family. Yeah. Uh, here's how I think we can go about doing it. Let's do a live event. We'll get everybody together in a room. And we'll share this transformational process and concept. And uh, I w- it was like, hey, let's pick a date. And th- this is what they make pl- planes, trains, and automobiles for. Let's get there. And, and let's make it happen. And we did.
1: And we did. And I'm so grateful that we did that. It was an amazing day. Amazing Thank you for day. saying yes. All right, Jason, now let's unpack what, what you get extremely passionate about. And, and one of the questions that I'm, I'm going to intentionally ask you and not tee it up on purpose is, what is the infinite banking concept? What is becoming your own banker?
0: Go. The essence of that uh, concept is to recapture the interest that you're paying to banks, uh, to finance companies for all of the things that you need throughout your lifetime. Anything that you're going to spend money on throughout your lifetime, if you're not implementing the process of becoming your own banker and you're not participating in that, then what you're doing is you are permanently transferring all that money away from your household, from your business. And the transfer is permanent. Every dollar that you earn that flows through the books of someone else's bank. So for everybody who's W2, T4, uh, business owner, You're storing money in someone else's bank. And then when you need to access it, you spend it to take care of all of your financial obligations, whatever they may be, but you can't use that money ever again. It's gone. And where does it end up? Right back in the banking system. And so someone else today is profiting over the use and liquidity, over the motion of your money. And what R. Nelson Nash, the late R. Nelson Nash, the developer, the founder, the pioneer of this process, he said... All the time, someone has to perform the banking function in your life, and it should be you. And then he went on to say, someone is going to perform that function, and it should be you. So presently, the question to ask yourself, the real question is, who is the banker in your life today? If it isn't you, it can be. And implementing this process puts you in the driver's seat. It brings the banking function back to the individual you and me level, Caleb which is where that function should be held. And so if you're, here's what clients tell us they feel. When they talk to us and they learn about this this concept, they feel a sense of hope. They feel a sense of certainty. They feel like the stress and the pressure and the anxiety around that money can bring to people. They feel that fade away. Mm -hmm. Why is that? We're not talking about subjecting money to the risk of loss. We're talking about taking control of a function that you're already very familiar with, banking. But the difference is, you control it, and when you control that function, you will accumulate wealth, and you will create indestructible wealth.
1: Isn't that good? It's so good. That's so good. So, when someone, when what was the aha moment for you when you were like, you went to this conference back in two thousand eight? You had to trust but verify. What was like the aha moment for you?
0: Oh goodness! All the stories that I heard. So people sharing stories about hey, you know, I I took this this mortgage that I had, this 30-year fixed mortgage that I had on my property, and I implemented this process, and I got rid of the banker in six years, and now all the payments that I would have sent to the commercial bank are now coming back to my family. Hmm, that's probably something I want to learn a little bit more about. That sounds interesting. Uh, All the stories about people who um, shared about their clients who had consumer credit, like credit card balances, personal lines of credit, um, all of these things where you had to jump through lengthy, nosy credit applications to access the money in the first place. Then the repayment schedule, you don't control that. Someone else does the yeah. interest rate. You don't control that either. Someone else does. And by the time you're done paying it, when you're about 147 years old, you've transferred <laughs> all the money away from you. Right. right. So what got me excited, Caleb, was the, the, the truth that you can, reverse the flow you can have money coming back to you and you can keep it in your family
1: Isn't that good that's so good and one of the things is like can you not save more can you not save more if you control all functions if you are of course and that's one of the big things that was a big aha moment for me is like okay if you're if you're controlling if you're including owning the system like that is truly good because now you're Actually. not only profiting but your need for capital is is incredible it's a it's a massive need So why isn't anyone talking about your need for paying money, like using money? No one's talking about that.
0: Nobody talks about capital accumulation, Caleb. Right. Everybody talks about all of the things that if you were to take everyone and put them around a water cooler and you started to have a financial conversation, A, it's going to quickly go to rates. Rate of return. You got it. And B, it's quickly going to go to anything that involves transferring the money away from you. Hey, you should put money into this stock. Well, that means you need to hand control over your money to someone else who thinks they can do better with it than you can. Hey, you should put your money into this investment, whatever that may be. This concept of becoming your own banker has absolutely nothing to do with investments of any sort. It's all about how you finance the things in your life, which can certainly include investments, but this has nothing to do with Mm -hmm. rates of return, has nothing to do with investments of any kind. This is all about who the banker is in your life today, how much of the banking function do you control as it relates to your needs? That's it.
1: Can you, can you go a little bit deeper in that? And for instance, if someone says, Jason, what if I could get a better rate of return in this, some um, stock or whatever, what if I could get a better rate of return here? Cause I know that's a common question that a lot of people get asked. Cause, cause again, we have to change the way, what does Nelson talk about changing your thinking, right? Um, yeah. What's your response to that? Because I think it's, I've heard you personally answer that. And I think it's so brilliant.
0: Oh, well, thank you. I, and I may have a different response for you now. <laughs> uh, but when somebody asks me that, the, my first response is, first of all, thank you for, for asking that question, because it's an indication to me that you don't understand the problem. And if you don't understand the problem, the solution just won't matter anyway. If You can't get a better rate of return doing anything if you're not controlling the banking function as it relates to that better rate of return, whatever that is. If I'm controlling the banking function, which is something that uh, our uh, prospective clients learn, uh, they have access to all of your amazing tools and resources. They have access to ours. And we educate to make sure that a person has clarity on the problem. What is the problem? The problem is banking. You're not controlling that function in your life. If you have 34 and a half cents of every dollar going out in the form of interest and you're Saving or investing 10% of your income. That's like taking one step forward and three and a half steps backward. You're not making any forward progress. You're making a lot of reverse progress, Mm -hmm. but all that you're doing is you're making the wheels of the banking business turn. You're not, you're not controlling or creating wealth Mm -hmm. indestructible wealth for your family. And so people get enamored and focused on rates of return, but nobody sits down and says, Oh geez, All that income that I think I'm making, I'm actually only handling that money. I'm not making it. I just handle it. How much of it am I keeping? Nobody's having that discussion because all the financial entertainers out there are talking about how you should go stuff your money into baskets of mutual funds. I mean, that is just hogwash. It's, It's ridiculous. Right. Right. But everything begins with the way that we think. And that's how the world has been conditioned to think, and the world's never been right about anything, Caleb.
1: That that's exactly it. If people are like, oh, that, well, that's not common. Good. <laughs> that's that's a good thing.
0: I heard. Uh, I'll give props to uh, to Mr. Garrett Gunderson, who said, uh, if the minority of people in the world accumulate and control the wealth, why do we continue to do what the majority do financially?
1: Wow. Something to think well, about. That's right? powerful. That's powerful. So Nelson Nash has impacted so many people through his books, through his teaching, yes. and he's had a yes. gir- indirect impact on so many people. He's had a direct impact on you. Like he's, yes, he showed up powerful in your life, and you're the man you are today because of him. Can you speak a little to like some of the fond memories you've had of him? And then after, I want to go through some of the key elements of his book that every single person that becomes a client of yours goes through. And so, but yeah, I I just, I find it fascinating. Like the man that's had such a big impact, like you've, you've personally spent hours and hours interacting and talking and learning from him.
0: Oh, I'll tell you, I am blessed beyond the definition of good fortune. Uh, What a joy. And a real pleasure it was to have Nelson as a mentor for so many years. I'll never forget. um, I went to. So the first time I met Nelson, uh, I talked to him on the phone. And then I went to this conference that he was at. And so I approached him and I extended my hand and I said, Mr. Nash, it's what a real pleasure it is to meet you. I'm Jason Lowe. I'm the Canadian uh, that spoke to you earlier. And he said, oh, my. He said, "I was wondering if you all could speak American," <laughs> and that's that's how the, the the relationship began. It was an instant connection, and uh, again, you know, having a mindset of being coachable, having a mindset of understanding that there's no such thing as having arrived in knowledge. There's always something new to learn. I think where Nelson and I really bonded and connected was my constant. Um, thirst for knowledge right and reading his book becoming your own banker one reading of that book is not anywhere near enough mm-hmm. doesn't one read will not give you an understanding you'll you will have absorbed the knowledge but knowledge does not equal understanding what nelson helped me to understand throughout the years is that the more you see this concept the more you'll see you didn't see And so whenever I had um, a thought dilemma, and I would connect with him, he would always bring me back to the book. And he would always wrap a lesson around whatever my thought dilemma was at that time, something that I was trying to understand that he was trying to get across in his book. And so I became a student of wanting to be a 10th degree black belt in knowing Nelson's book Mm -hmm. and understanding his message. We spent countless hours together um, he invited me, uh, to, to be, um, uh, basically an open invite to speak at the annual infinite banking think tank conference so that I could add value and serve others. And I am the sum parts of everyone who's mentored me, but Nelson by far has had the biggest mm-hmm. uh, mentorship impact on my life. And what I've learned is that that type of relationship seeks you out more than you seek it out. And I can't, um, Emphasize enough for listeners who become interested in this message, this concept of becoming your own banker. There's a documentary film that was just released that's titled This is Nelson Nash. It's available on YouTube. It's free to watch and free to distribute. And the reason is that the, the grassroots way that this concept began to spread was exactly what the vision was for the release of this film, thanks to David Stearns, who's the president of the Nelson Nash Institute. And he said, he he had that foresight and he said you know what let's just get this movie out there to the world because that's how nelson did the release of his concept at a grassroots level. So I cannot ever repay the debt of gratitude that uh, I owe to R. Nelson Nash. The impact that he's had on me is immeasurable. What are some some of your favorite memories with Nelson? One of my um, most recent favorite memories was um, in September of 2017, when we had begun to piece together the project, the creation of this documentary film, when I was able to attend uh, Birmingham in January of 2018, I was able to spend three full days, literally six, seven-hour days with Nelson in the living room of his son-in-law's home. <laughs> and it was like a 60-minute a, a interview type layout. You know, We got all the lights and the production equipment, and he's the one being interviewed. And I, along with Richard Canfield, one of my dear friends and colleagues, uh, interviewed him for three days straight. Wow. wow! Just the, those moments where we enjoyed a bite to eat and it was in between filming and he would kind of lean into my ear and, and say, Hey, did you, did you understand what I meant when I was talking about, you know, whatever the topic was that we just finished discussing in the interview. And so I, I really loved the one-on-one time that I shared with him, but I also really loved watching him in action, watching, watching him educate and watching, those light bulbs go off above everyone's head in the audience. Um, I just admired him and adored him, mm-hmm. and uh, I miss him so much. Yeah, think about him every day. So
1: let's let's unpack his book. And when someone's reading the sure. when someone's reading the book, which everyone should read, by the way, if you're listening to us, go get the book. coming I mean, Your Own Banker" by R. Nelson Nash. What are some of the key like light bulb moments that you have that your clients have? I mean, you've you've. You have you've helped thousands and thousands of people implement this. What are some like the key like highlights that you would that you would give over this book?
0: Oh goodness. I think first and foremost is that you don't have to be rich to get into the banking business. Right. And Nelson highlights that through an example in his book where he talks about you know the all-American family earning twenty-eight thousand five hundred dollars after tax and how through the example how you know, they can implement this process and truly become their own banker. So you don't have to be rich to get into the banking business. You really need to understand the problem before diving into the solution, which so many people in our industry, Caleb, um, as just as it relates to things in general financially, they they, they go right down solution mode without even verifying right. that the person has an understanding of the problem. Right. The other thing is that you can create an entity like the one you already know about. You can create an entity that allows you to mirror the, the banking functions in your life. And Nelson also talked about, which really impacted me personally, because I have four young children, he talked about how to create intergenerational wealth through windfalls and how to make that happen without worrying about stock market manipulation, without worrying about tax rates without worrying about liquidity risk or um, investment risk, all of those things that can literally, literally kill a person's plans financially. You Mm -hmm. don't have to worry about that anymore. And the other thing is that by implementing this process in your life, you can create a very peaceful, stress-free existence prior to his passing, him and his wife, Mary did not rely on a commercial bank for anything other than the convenience of debit for the past 30 years. It took my wife, Rebecca and I almost 10 years to achieve that in our lives. And so that is a very peaceful existence when you have no worries and you're not, you're succeed, you're succeeding yourself from that, from that banking system. And so I would encourage everyone, when you're reading the book, read the book with an open mind, and it will open your eyes to an entirely new financial world. And Nelson wrote the book for the general public. He didn't write it for professionals like you and me, Caleb.
1: Right. And it actually sometimes frustrates professionals because we want the solution. We want the math to be perfect. And he more wrote it in very much story form parables, which live on because we've seen interest rates go up. We've seen interest rates go down. We've but like the, those principles stay true to this day.
0: Got it, his four golden rules, which has since evolved into five. The first golden rule, do you, you know Nelson's golden rules. The first golden rule is to think long range. Right, Meaning, he's a forester. You got it, and so think three generations past your own. The second rule is don't be afraid to capitalize because hmm. your money has to flow and your money must reside somewhere. What better entity is there for money to reside in than the one that we educate our clients about? So, you need to understand where your money's accumulating, how it's at risk today, and how you can change that. The third golden rule is don't steal the piece. There's a great grocery store example in the book, Becoming Your Own Banker, that pulls that all together. The fourth golden rule is don't do business with banks. So, we're talking about no loans, no financing arrangements of any kind with any. Commercial banking uh, institution. You can create your own financial aquarium where everything is done and handled within the family. You keep the money in the family, you don't transfer it away, mm-hmm. which far too many people do. And then the fifth golden rule mm-hmm. is to rethink your thinking because everything begins with the way that we think. And
1: that's so good. <laughs> everything begins that good?
0: with the way that we think.
1: Now talk to me about life insurance because I don't know about you, but when I first heard, okay, like this, the best vehicle is participating in dividend paying life insurance. Talk to me about that because I was frustrated and confused and it took me way too long to figure it out. And I saw you cause I got to witness you in, in, in action in a workshop and you explained this so beautifully. So how do you explain it to the general public? That's like, okay, I like this whole thing with the banking, Why can't I do it with a savings account? Like, talk to me, why why
0: life insurance? Well, uh, life insurance companies in our country and in yours as well. uh, So in Canada, life insurance companies have provided this tool uh, to the general public since 1847. And when this tool is created, it's like creating a business that never existed before. You become Mm -hmm. a part owner of the insurance company. You don't have to hire any staff you don't have to pay any of their bills you don't have to make sure that the home office personnel are trained and managed and this is a business that has never failed to declare and pay dividends to their policy owners every single year since inception now you can't declare a dividend unless you have profit to distribute agreed, agreed. and if you get to partly own a business that has never been failed to be profitable and that shares that surplus only with the participating whole life policyholders And you know that your capital is going to grow inside of that contract. I hear language out there that that really makes me shake my head, where this is referred to as an investment. This is not an investment. This tool is a unilateral binding contract. This means that the insurance company is obligated to you, but you're not obligated to the insurance company. They've made a number of promises, one of which is to grow your cash value. This is real money. The insurance company cannot inflate their money supply like the banks do. So if you have a tool that matches all of the characteristics of what most people would define as the perfect investment, safe, guaranteed, liquid, um, you're not paying any tax on the daily cash value growth that occurs inside the policy. When a dividend is declared, it's contractually guaranteed to be paid and it can never be repossessed. The policy values can't go down. These contracts have weathered. In our country, we've seen over 24 recessionary periods in the last 100 years. Hmm. That's enough to make anybody sick to their stomach. And these contracts have never lost value during any of those events, including the financial crisis that we all lived through in 08, 09. Now, in the United States, Caleb, and I know this, how many insurance companies failed during that financial crisis? Uh, uh, Mutual? Zero. How many? How many banks failed? I, I don't know. Just under 900. Wow. So let's see if we, you and I took a course in logic <laughs> and one of the key teaching points in the course was that your money must reside somewhere. Right. So you need to understand where your money's accumulating and there's not a single documented instance in our country in Canada of a participating policy owner ever losing capital. Wow, Isn't that good? That's, yeah. Yeah. Very good. Now, here's the key. All of our listeners, here's the key. This is a tool. Right. So, Caleb, if you and I pulled up to a construction job site and you and I are foreman, and I leaned over and I said, Caleb, uh, who's the newest employee on the job site today? And you said, Oh, it's that gentleman right over there. Mm -hmm. And I took this tool out of my toolbox and I said, This is the best tool to get that person's job done. Let's walk over there. We hand the tool over. Not only is that person not going to turn out any good work with the tool but they're likely going to break the tool. Right. So you need a coach, right? This can be the best tool. But if you don't understand how to go about solving the problem using the tool, not only, not only are you not going to turn out any good work with the tool, but you're likely going to break it. You got to have a good coach. And that's what our organizations do. Mm -hmm. It's not transactional. It's not, Hey, go purchase an insurance policy. If you want to do that, in our country, there are 100,000 life license advisors who would trip over themselves to sell you an insurance policy today. Right. But if you want to transform your household and your business financially forever, you need a coach, and that's what we do.
1: Isn't that good? Yes, yeah, so good. And one of the things is like, okay, so the conversations and debates are a lot of times around people comparing this to an investment, which they totally don't have an understanding of what we're even talking about. But then yeah. the other thing is like, you're totally right because this can be the perfect in, in investment or place to put your money. But if you don't have the mindset, if you're still thinking of this as a place to put your money, like what some people put in 401ks or whatever accounts, you're missing yeah, the whole point. That's correct. And yeah, it's, it's pretty maddening, actually.
0: This tool called Participating Dividend Paying Whole Life, this unilateral contract, this is not a creation of the tax code. It's not a creation of Wall Street. It's not a creation of Harvard MBA thinking. These contracts have been in existence longer than you, me, and all of your staff have been alive combined. Hmm. And so your money must reside somewhere. So if you can reside capital inside of an instrument that is contractually guaranteed, and I say that again, contractually guaranteed to grow in value every single day, where you participate in the profit generated by that company every single year that they have a profit to declare and distribute in the form of dividends. You trigger no taxable event on the receipt of that dividend when you chunk it right back into the contract to make it even bigger. You get to access capital from the company that you co-own, the insurance company, and never interrupt the growth of your own daily growing cash value. Oh my goodness. How many more check boxes do we have to tick off to say, this is a pretty great place to store That's right capital
1: store capital store capital save capital not invest capital
0: let me tell you i gotta tell you something r nelson nash shared with me years ago he said jason if we were out in the middle of the desert and we had this amazing tent it was air conditioned we had all of the food we needed we were well hydrated everything is fine and we're standing in the tent and I look over at you and I say, Jason, don't look behind your shoulder now, but there's a camel's head in the tent. Now, if we don't do something about that camel in a real hurry, we're gonna end up with the entire camel in our tent. Agreed? Mm -hmm. So that camel is the IRS Hmm. and Revenue Canada in our country. This contract is private property. Your money must reside somewhere. And wherever wealth accumulates, someone's gonna try and steal it. Keep the camel out of your tent. I
1: kind of feel like that's how we should end. But we're not going quite done yet. But that's powerful. Wow. Thank you so much for sharing. That's so good. Isn't that good? Uh, uh, every time you say, Isn't that good? I respond, it's so good. I feel like I should come up with something. <laughs>
0: my
1: team, my team says
0: all the time, they go, Real good, Jason. Real, real good. Real good, Jason, real good. <laughs>
1: Talk to me about some of your favorite stories, because you have so many clients that are doing this. What are some of the highlight reel of your firm and some of the stories that have come out of becoming your own banker? Oh, gosh. Thank you so much
0: for asking. Uh, There are so many that come to mind. Let me share with you a story that not only uh, created amazing prosperity during um, the life insurance lifetime, but also after passing. So this uh, young lady, her name was uh, Kayla Goulart, and she had uh, invited her dad to come with her to attend one of our full-day educational events on this concept. Now, her dad, when they got into the room and we went through the pleasantries of saying hello, good morning to everybody, and we got underway, her dad was like this, in his chair, thinking what can I do, create a distraction so I can get out of this room because I just don't want to be here. That type of body language, right? Now by, oh gosh, a few hours in, because right. I was really I was leaning into him because when somebody comes to an event and they're doing that, they're going to get a lot of my attention and in a great way to try and inspire them. And so it, it worked with, with Ty, her dad. Right. And at the end of the day, he said, oh my God, this was absolutely incredible. I feel the things I shared with you. I feel hopeful. I feel uh, amazing that my daughter would have invited me to be here. So here's what happened. He was putting 300 bucks a month into what's called a Canada savings bond for his daughter. He also had a real estate investment um, portfolio and Mm. one of his properties, he was um, allowing his daughter to live in while she attended her university studies. And she said, I want to create uh, a policy and then I want to practice this process. And one of the first things I'm going to do when I graduate from university is I'm going to travel overseas and I'm going to spend several months overseas before I go into my profession. So she did that through the use of policy loans and practicing becoming your own banker. It was amazing. And then sadly, uh, she was diagnosed with cancer, stage four ovarian cancer. Wow. And she was treated and they had um, optimism that it, she was going to be Okay. And uh, so her dad obviously was relieved and the family felt really relieved and optimistic, but sadly, the cancer returned, uh, metastasized to her liver. And that's ultimately what took that young lady's life way too early. Now, here's what I want to share. Her dad put a policy in place on her life as well. So he was the owner. She was the life that was insured. She had her own policy where she was the owner. She was the life that was insured. And when she passed away, all of that death benefit, she had a will that her mom was the executor of. And I'll tell you this, when the cancer really took hold and, and they had said, listen, you need to you know, let your daughter know and we need to talk to her. She has to get her final affairs in order. She was palliative at that point. We put together this gift. Ba- I kid you not, Caleb, you've been to my office. You've seen the size of my desk. Like this gift basket that we built It had uh, we put in the most comfortable pajamas, the most comfortable bathrobes, the the uh, bath scents and all things that we wanted to do to make Kayla feel comfortable. And I included a book and the title of that book is something I would also encourage your readers to or your listeners to read is when bad things happen to good people. And in the front cover of that book, I wrote Dear Kayla, Cancer Sucks. Stay in the fight. And she wrote me this email that I will never, ever remove from my archive that said, you hit the nail right on the head. And a few uh, short weeks later, she passed away. I met her mom for the first time because her parents were divorced and her mom was the executor. And the day that they came into the office to, to, to uh, collect the uh, death benefit checks, her mom collapsed into my arms and she cried for, oh my God, it had to have been well above 20 minutes that we just stood in the, in the reception area of our office. And then she explained to me that Kayla, what she did with a portion of her death benefit, she paid off a number of her friend's student loans that she attended university with. She created a policy for her cousin's daughter, Tatiana, and paid the premiums in advance for 10 years. And then her dad, who only had a term insurance policy, he is now one of my biggest clients because his daughter said, Dad, I want you to use your share of the death benefit to pay off your mortgage. So this is where Nelson tells us windfalls will come and you should have a place to store that windfall. Not only did he take care of the mortgage, he created another policy on his own life. So he is going to practice this process as he's been doing for the past seven plus years going to leave a significant windfall behind as well that that is what fills my heart with joy because they got to practice the process she got to practice it while she was alive and she did exactly what nelson described in the book when she passed away that's powerful
1: that's extremely powerful
0: that's becoming your own banker that's creating intergenerational wealth
1: and that's also thinking with the end in mind
0: and we you and i caleb and our team we have to fulfill that duty of care. That day will come. Every listener has a hundred percent probability of dying and not if, but when that day comes, not only did you realize all of the living benefit of implementing this concept for your household or your business, but there's a massive tax-free windfall of money that comes showing up exactly when it's needed the most. And what is the definition of the perfect investment? one that pays the most when it's yep. needed the most think about it that's powerful
1: that really teases us up for the last question and and it's this and it's really the following so you sit down with your family and the people that you love the most and you know it's going to be yep. like your last day your last day on this earth you can't take anything with you but you can share the things that you care about the most and you want to instill in the people that you love the most yes what kind of conversation are you having
0: well I'm uh, reviewing all of the direction that I've put together um, which I share this with you we I've done that Uh, all of the direction that I've put together I'm literally having a a meeting with everybody to review and ask them if they have any questions about any of the steps that need to be carried out (laughs) because I I let them know that if you don't execute this plan to the T I will haunt you in eternity so ask your questions now (laughs) And let's make sure that you have clarity. But in in all seriousness, um, I would really want to spend uh, most of that time asking everyone who's closest to me and and surrounding me um, what their dreams are and what they plan to do with the rest of their lives. Mm. Uh, Because I want to know what I should be paying attention to and smiling down from heaven because I know where I'm going. Um, and and I just want to, I want to pay attention to that. And I, I I would ask them to all share with me. And I would ask my wife, Rebecca, I would say, Oh my goodness, what are you going to do with this windfall? (laughs) Try not to act too happy at my funeral. (laughs) Right. Like you gotta, you gotta pretend to be upset for at least 20 minutes (laughs) while you're there. And, but you know, we've structured our affairs so that she'll never have another bad financial day in her life. She'll never have to rely on our children for financial support. Right. And our children will never have to endure what my sister Shaylene and I right. had to endure when we lost our parents. And uh, we are going to bless many people. And but we're teaching our family. So it's really for me just more of a confirmation that everybody has an understanding of how to, to be good stewards of the family's uh, wealth. Right. To make sure it's, it doesn't get squandered and that we keep the money in the family
1: that's powerful jason how can people you know find you what's the best way to follow your journey and and i i'll just throw a little teaser out there you you will definitely know this man's name if you're following what i'm doing because there's there's <laughs> gonna be some fun things in the work but oh yeah so excited
0: what's the best um, way for
1: people to reach out and thank you for this amazing interview
0: Oh, uh, you know, best way uh, you can locate me on Facebook, uh, J-A-Y-S-O-N-L-O-W-E. You know, if you thought at any point during this podcast and you think, hey, you know, Jason, someone I'd like to connect with a little more, you can head on over to learnwithj.com. That's learnwithj, the letter J, dot com. And uh, check it out if you want to.
1: I love it, man. Thank you so much for being on here. I love you. I'm so grateful that you're in my life. And I look forward to seeing what the future holds. Love you too.
0: And uh, my gratitude uh, is right back at you. And thanks to all your listeners who make this possible. Thank you, bro
1: wow, now you see the value of having someone like Jason in my life. And I'm so grateful that, that this guy is um, just so supportive of what we're doing. And uh, we kind of alluded to some things and I'll just kind of let you in on, on some secrets here. Um, we are gonna be doing some big marketing things together in the future, whether it's written materials, whether it's video content, whether it's just doing things like this. And so uh, as be, be on the lookout for that, whether you're in Canada or whether you're in the States. Um, we're really, really on a mission to impacting over a million people by 2025 and I personally can't do that. Jason can't personally do that. But together with your help, with other advisors help with just more education in the marketplace, I think we really can hit that goal. And it's really going to be that exponential um, curve that's going to hit in and be super, super effective. So again, we appreciate your support. I, I can't wait to hear your thoughts from this interview and what were like the key things and the key takeaways. And uh, yeah, we really just appreciate you. Go out and have an amazing rest of your day. Thank you so much for listening to the Better Wealth Podcast. Make sure you press subscribe so you don't miss the next episode. You can listen on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google, or your favorite podcast player.